For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane here in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro. We try to bring you a lot of really good information all about you and your health. Now the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. You can get expert advice in both places, and they do carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Jill Carnahan on mold toxicity and chronic inflammation. Now, today our guest is Dr. Darren Ingalls, a licensed naturopathic physician in Connecticut and a licensed doctor of naturopathic medicine in California. He is double board certified in integrated pediatrics and environmental medicine, And our topic is the challenges of treating and diagnosing Lyme disease. I want to tell you a little bit more about Dr. Ingalls. He's published extensively and is the author of two books, The Natural Pharmacist, Lowering Cholesterol, and Natural Treatments for High Cholesterol. He's a formal medical journalist and contributing author to Health Notes Newswire, a medical report of the latest journal articles on nutritional and botanical medicine. He has also written a chapter on allergy desensitization for autistic children in cutting-edge therapies for autism and is the author of the upcoming book, The Lyme Paradox. Now, his practice focuses on environmental medicine with a special emphasis on Lyme disease, autism, and chronic immune dysfunction, including allergies, asthma, recurrent or persistent infections, and other genetic or acquired immune problems. And I want to welcome you to the show, Dr. Ingalls. Oh, good morning, Dana. Thank you for having me. Now, you uh, have expertise in a subject close to my heart, which is autism, and our listeners have have certainly uh, heard a lot about autism from me. Today, what we're going to be talking about with You is, of course, the Lyme disease. Uh, So go ahead and get started with some background on Lyme disease and your approach. Sure. Well, you know, Lyme disease has really become the probably largest uh, epidemic of an infectious disease worldwide. We certainly see a lot of it here in the United States. But if you look in Europe, Asia, Australia, you know, we're hearing more and more cases of Lyme disease. In the United States alone, there's over 300,000 new cases every year, and that's what gets reported. And because of some of the challenges of Lyme testing, which we'll discuss probably in a little bit, 
that number is probably much lower than than actually exists. So we have this, you know, growing epidemic of of this tick-borne illness. And what we've also discovered through research is that, you know, ticks are no longer the only vector that can transmit Lyme disease. We've now discovered that mosquitoes and fleas and really any kind of biting insect has the capacity to transmit Lyme. And we're finding, you know, Lyme disease outside of areas that are typically thought to be endemic. So this northeast corridor where I live here in Connecticut is an area that's been known uh, for Lyme disease. And, of course, Lyme disease itself is named after Lyme, Connecticut. This is where they first discovered a cluster of children that had this mysterious illness back in the early 80s. Uh, so that's where it got its name. And then there's another cluster in the central Midwest in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and upper Illinois. But we're finding more people you know, outside of those areas that have been diagnosed with Lyme disease. And they say, well, wait, you know, there's really not a lot of ticks in this area. And it may be really that we're just seeing you know, other types of insects that are transmitting the illness. So you know, it, it's become such a, uh, a problematic illness and, and not probably getting as much attention from public health groups, uh, certainly the federal government, the CDC, as it, it needs, given the gravity uh, of the situation and the number of people that are being affected. You know, again, in the United States alone, we're now talking about millions of people that are being affected. And chronically infected and long-term infected and affected. And that's one of the concerns that that has been ignored in mainstream medicine. So um, give us the comparison between the mainstream approach and alternative functional uh, complementary medical approaches. Sure. And yeah, you know, this has been a very controversial topic. And I think, you know, if you read uh, the CDC's information about Lyme disease, you know, the classic Lyme disease is really has a pretty narrow definition. And, you know, a lot of people who get these symptoms, it can be headache, joint pain, uh, there can be a, a rash that's a very distinct rash. They call it a bullseye rash. It literally looks like a target where you get bit uh, with these concentric, you know, rings that, that form. Uh, you can get numbness, tingling, fatigue, high fever. And so when I think, you know, the government and public health agencies are looking at Lyme disease, they're really looking at acute Lyme disease. Unfortunately, that's not the majority of people that I see in my practice because not everybody necessarily gets these symptoms when they get infected. And we've learned that, you know, the Lyme bacteria has the capacity to stay dormant in the body for many, many years. So it's possible that someone gets bit by a tick at, you know, 10, 20 years ago, and at the time the bacteria doesn't really do anything. But as time moves on, something happens to the immune system and that organism become activated and opportunistic and then starts to create symptoms. So once it gets sort of out of that acute phase and people move into this, you know, chronic or persistent phase, you know, the symptoms can look a little bit different. Although there is some overlap and people can still experience fatigue and joint pain and headaches, uh, sometimes we'll see neurological problems like brain fog. You know, people just can't remember where they left their keys and forgetting people's phone numbers and faces. Uh, and we can see more extensive neurological involvement that might involve you know, what they call neuropathy or numbness, tingling. Uh, people can have difficulty walking and things of that nature. And so this, this chronic Lyme or what's really been coined uh, post-Lyme syndrome 
uh, has been the the majority of the people that I see in my practice. And so I, I think where we have this disconnect is, you know, the mainstream community, medical community, is really focusing on people who have acute Lyme disease, in which case the standard treatment is 21 days of antibiotics. Typically it's either doxycycline or amoxicillin, depending on whether it's an adult or a child. And at that end of 21 days, you're just done. You know, it kind of doesn't matter how you feel at that point. And uh, doctors like myself have argued that uh, that course of treatment is really just too short. And Lyme happens to be a very slow-growing organism. And the way that most antibiotics work is they stop the replication of the bacteria. So, for example, doxycycline actually doesn't kill anything. All it does is it keeps the organism from reproducing. But if you have a very slow-growing organism, you're only hitting it when it's in its replication cycle. And in the case of Lyme disease, it replicates up to every, you know, 16 days, unlike most bacteria that replicate every 20 minutes. So that slow-growing nature of Lyme makes it very challenging to treat because you're only getting a certain window that you can be effective at eradicating that organism. And I think, you know, the three weeks just isn't, isn't adequate. So I said we typically, for someone who has acute Lyme disease, advocate for a longer course of treatment. But when we get outside of that acute phase and we get into the chronic phase or the persistent phase, you know, that's where I think, you know, the strategy needs to change a little bit. Well, you've summarized that very nicely. And it, it's a surprise to me that there is still this division uh, between mainstream and uh, non-traditional, traditional medicine. Uh, why is that? Uh, I get asked that as a practitioner, and I think that you would probably have some answers as to why mainstream medicine considers the acute phase the only phase, and any of the symptoms you have after that are the results of damage not connected with ongoing problems. Right, yeah, and I, I think that disconnect comes because when people move out of the acute Lyme phase into this persistent phase, the symptoms are very vague. They look like a lot of other illnesses. You know, we call Lyme disease the great mimic because it mimics a lot of other illnesses. And a lot of people who have this condition will get diagnosed with other uh, you know, vague generic diagnoses such as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, things of that nature. So I think because the symptoms tend to be more vague, they're hard to pinpoint. And, you know, when you look at the CDC's website, Lyme disease is a clinical diagnosis. And what that really means is that it's based on your symptoms. There is no lab test that can definitively diagnose Lyme disease. All a lab test can tell you is you've had exposure. And theoretically, if you get bit by a tick and your immune system does what we want it to do, it will get rid of the infection before it ever becomes a problem. But if you do a test and we see antibodies against Lyme, you know, people would say, well, if you have Lyme disease. I'm like, well, no, all it means is that you've been exposed. And whether you have Lyme disease really kind of depends on the kind of symptoms that are presented. So I think a lot of the conventional infectious disease doctors have really overlooked this this nature of how Lyme changes, which is surprising because there's actually quite a bit of literature in the medical research demonstrating this post-Lyme syndrome. And we know that Lyme has the capacity to really trigger 
more of an autoimmune problem. So I think where we we have more difficulties is that it's not an autoimmune disease like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis that we have these nice objective markers on blood tests that we can measure. We don't really have that for Lyme disease, but we do know that this is one of the things that chronic Lyme can trigger. And I think a lot of what people experience when they get into that post-Lyme syndrome is really more of an autoimmune problem than the infection itself. And this is where I think, you know, I depart perhaps from a lot of my colleagues that I think when you get into that phase, if you're just focusing on treating the organism itself, you're going to fall flat. And a lot of patients don't don't tend to respond very well to those kind of therapies because at that point, it's not just about the organism. It's about everything that organism has done to your immune system. So this is where I feel like having a more comprehensive approach on how we deal with the immune system can start getting people over the hump. Well, you have, again, described this very thoroughly, and we're going to continue this conversation in the next segment. And I want to remind those of you who have just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back after this break. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green apothecary. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health. 
but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM, and I want to remind you to tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Jill Carnahan on mold toxicity and chronic inflammation. Now today, our topic is the challenges of treating and diagnosing Lyme disease, and our guest is Dr. Darren Ingalls, a licensed naturopathic physician in Connecticut and licensed doctor of naturopathic medicine in California. He's double board certified in integrative pediatrics and environmental medicine, and our topic is, is, as I said, the challenges of treating and diagnosing Lyme disease. So, Dr. Ingalls, let's keep this conversation going. You've given us the background on Lyme disease and the differences between the mainstream medical approach that uh, they deal with the acute uh, phase and very briefly instead of in a more aggressive manner, and um, this lack of recognition of chronic Lyme, or as you said, persistent Lyme. Um, and could you talk to us also about co-infections and what that means to people? Absolutely. So we know that uh, when you get bit by a tick, uh, for example, that a large percentage of these ticks carry more than just the organism that causes Lyme disease. So the organism that causes Lyme disease is a bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi, typically. There are other species of Borrelia that can also cause Lyme disease, depending on where you are in the world. But in addition to the Borrelia organism, there are many, many other bacteria and viruses that can be transmitted by that tick bite that also cause very similar symptoms to Lyme disease. So when someone comes into my practice and we think they might have what we call a tick-borne illness, we'll typically test them for the gamut of everything because clinically it can be difficult to distinguish what's Lyme disease versus some of the other organisms. So some of the other common organisms that we find as co-infections, one is called Bartonella. Bartonella is a bacteria that's mostly well-known for causing a condition called cat scratch fever. Cats tend to be normal carriers of this organism. When they scratch you, you can get a localized skin infection. But people can get bit by a tick, get this bacteria that can cause different types of systemic symptoms like joint pain and headache and fever and, and so forth. There's also an organism called Babesia. Babesia is actually a cousin of malaria. It is a blood parasite. So people who get Babesia can have very similar symptoms to what someone might experience with malaria, where they can get cyclical fevers. Uh, There's a a characteristic symptom we call air hunger, where people just feel like they can't get enough air in their lungs, and it's not asthma, it's not bronchitis, but they'll sometimes be laying down and just feel like they are gasping for breath. That's very typical with Babesia. There's another bacteria called anaplasma. Anaplasma, again, can cause various, you know, symptoms. And then there's another organism uh, that's become really more well-known recently called Powassan virus. And Powassan virus can cause, again, very similar symptoms. So 
you know, every time I go to a conference, you know, on Lyme disease, it seems like that list keeps getting longer and longer, you know, of all, of all the things that we can find through tick bites. So, you know, whoever you're working with, uh, your practitioner, you want to make sure that if you're suspicious of having Lyme disease, or even if you know you have Lyme disease and you've never had testing for co-infections, I think it's a good idea to do that investigative work to try and pinpoint, you know, what exactly you're dealing with. Excellent advice. Uh, And it is confusing. I met a neurologist who told me she knew everything about Lyme. (laughs) I don't know everything about nutrition. (laughs) Yes, and I, I am confident that, you know, the best professionals know they don't know everything. And uh, besides, we we haven't even discovered, here you are mentioning some of the co-infectious agents uh, that five, ten years ago were not even known. And we all know that five years from now, ten years from now, we'll say, oh, look at look at all these others that we weren't able to identify. So that's interesting to me. Uh, Talk a little bit about the testing uh, and what uh, and also if you would give uh, references for individuals to understand this more uh, this broad approach to Lyme, this more intensive uh, approach to Lyme. And I think the one that has the greatest integrity uh, as to treating Lyme. So uh, let's talk about the testing. Yeah, so the recommended testing by the CDC is what they call a two-tier method. And what that means is the first part of that test is what's called the Lyme screen test. And this test is an antibody test, so it's a blood test. And they're looking for two different types of antibody. One's called IgG and one's called IgM. And without making everybody out there immunologists, typically IgM is the antibody that we talk about being the first antibody to respond after an initial infection, and then IgG usually falls on the heel the heels of that, and that's more of your long-term immune response. So this Lyme screen test is a combined IgG-IgM test, and then if that test comes back positive, it flexes over to what they call a Lyme Western blot, and that is a much more comprehensive test that looks at a series of antibodies that your immune system can make against the Lyme organism. And that Lyme Western blot test is probably where we get a lot of confusion and discrepancy, even more than the Lyme screen test. Uh, What we've discovered is that the sensitivity of these tests, which means the ability to pick up a disease if you have it, generally, uh, and again, I was a clinical microbiologist before I was a doctor, so I used to do all these tests for a living, and a good test has a sensitivity as at least 95%. And what we find is that the sensitivity for these tests can be lower than 50%. So in some cases, it's not even picking up half the people who actually have the illness. Plus, these tests are going to be the most sensitive only really during the acute phases of Lyme disease. So again, if somebody missed that window and they didn't get tested after they were initially infected, the probability of picking it up on the current testing method goes down. So I think what what's happened in doctors like myself is we've sort of looked beyond that and started using other labs that do a more comprehensive testing method. The the test itself, uh, the Western blot, is probably the best test that we have. Where we get into a discrepancy is in the interpretation of that test. And because that Western blot test is testing for many, many different antibodies, 
What we've learned over the course of the last you know, 40 years of researching Lyme disease is that some of those antibodies are very specific to Lyme and other antibodies are not specific. So basically what happened back in the day is that people who had known Lyme disease, they had the classic symptoms, they drew their blood, they looked to see what antibodies were circulating, and then figured, okay, well, if you have Lyme disease, these are the antibodies that you know, are probably showing up. But again, we know that some of those antibodies are specific and some of them aren't. So what I like to do is, you know, look at the antibodies that are specific and not so much at the ones that aren't specific. But the the guidelines in which they they call a test positive, uh, it, it's it's a pretty lengthy uh, conversation, which I I don't know is necessarily uh, going to help anybody in this conversation. But just understand that the way that uh, an antibody is called positive is very complex and it's very arbitrary. So they compare your blood, the patient, to a control. And if you don't have a certain strength compared to the control, they will call your test negative. So what they're really doing is they're measuring the amount of antibody that's present. It's kind of like a home pregnancy test. You know, when you pee on a stick, you're looking to see if the little plus turns, you know, blue or not. And in that case, it's measuring the quantity of a hormone called HCG. Well, this is, concept is very similar, that it's measuring the amount of antibody that your immune system is making against Lyme. So it's completely dependent on having a very robust immune response. And again, some people either A, don't have a robust immune response, or B, they've had this so long that their immune system has waned and they're not having that level of antibody that's positive. So again, I think what doctors like myself do is that if we see Lyme-specific antibodies, even if they're not in the quantity that the CDC recommends to call a test positive, we think that that's significant. And I, I sort of equate it, it's kind of like being a little pregnant. I mean, you know, you are or you aren't. So if you've got <laughs> Lyme-specific bands, I think that speaks that there's a good probability that you've had exposure to the Lyme organism. Well, you de- you describe that well. It is com- it is complex, and uh, you also test for the co-infectious agents. Are there any other tests that you find helpful? Well, we run a battery of other tests. As well, you know, I like to run tests looking at the sort of the quality of the immune system, and you know, we don't have great tests to measure how well your immune system functions. But we'll typically run a standard panel of immune markers. We look at your blood count. We like to look at your T cells and B cells. These are a part of your immune system to help fight infection. We like to look at your immunoglobulin levels, which are your antibodies. Because if we see elements that you have some, some sort of immune deficiency, whether you were born with it or it came later in life, that's really important to know. Because if someone does not have the ability to make antibodies, doing an antibody test is not going to be very helpful. So I think it helps us really understand what the interpretation of this test might be in the context of all these other tests. Plus, we like to look at a lot of inflammatory markers. You know, one of the hallmarks of Lyme disease is that there is inflammation, and whether it's in the joint, in your intestines, in your brain. So there are several markers that we can measure that give us a quantitative measurement of inflammation in the body, which helps us as we move forward with treatment to document how people are progressing. Well, excellent. Uh, So now we enter the treatment uh, arena, and uh, we have just a few minutes before this segment ends, but introduce the subject of treatment for us, Dr. Ingalls. 
Sure. You know, treatment really needs, again, to be a very comprehensive approach looking at the entire body. You know, as, as a naturopathic physician, you know, we're really trained to look at the whole person. And I think the first place we start, and this is not just Lyme disease, but really with any chronic health problem, is looking at diet in the gut. I think that's the first place that everybody needs to start. And we unfortunately live in a culture now where a lot of people's diet isn't very good. They're eating a lot of very highly processed foods that contain, you know, chemicals and other things that just don't bode very well for the gut or the immune system. And because gut health is so important, since, you know, 80% of your immune function comes from the gut, if the gut isn't functioning well, it's going to be really hard for your immune system to function well. So the very first step is, you know, we start by looking at what you're putting in your mouth because that's obviously going to have a direct effect on your gut function. So diet is the the first piece of really starting that road to wellness. And one of the things that I advocate in my book is really following a diet that promotes alkalinity. So we call it an alkaline diet. And there's been a lot of stuff written over the years about an alkaline diet. But the concept is that your body functions best in an alkaline state, with the exception of a few body compartments like, you know, the bladder and the stomach that are highly acidic, uh, the rest of your body tends to be very alkaline. So uh, the, the byproduct of the modern standard American diet is that it tends to be a very acid-forming diet, and so we want to try and migrate away from that and make the body more alkaline. Well, we'll talk more about this in the next segment. And just a reminder for those of you who have just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back after this break. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember, Cognosure for healthy brain 
anti-aging support. Available through your health care professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorn Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorn's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we do try to bring you a wide variety of really good information all about you and your health. And a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health and for expert advice on supplements. Now, we are here every Sunday morning, and you can tune in next Sunday for Kevin's discussion on mold toxicity and chronic inflammation. Today, our guest is Dr. Darren Ingalls, a licensed naturopathic physician in Connecticut and licensed doctor of naturopathic medicine in California. He is double board certified in integrative pediatrics and environmental medicine. Our topic is the challenges of treating and diagnosing Lyme disease. And we have really covered the basics, the difference between the mainstream approaches and alternative, functional, non-traditional medical approaches. We've talked about the testing, how different and more comprehensive uh, the testing is. And now we're going into the treatments, and you, you started with that subject, so let's, let's go further. Sure. So after we've, you know, got the diet in place and, you know, we started improving uh, gut health, and a lot of people I see with Lyme disease often will tell me they have a history of having various gastrointestinal problems, be it IBS, constipation, diarrhea. So uh, there's a lot of work that we have to do to make sure that the gut is functioning properly, people are having regular healthy bowel movements, and that's our, our indicator that the gut is doing what we want it to do. And once we've moved past that phase, the next step is really moving into herbal therapy. And there are various herbal protocols out there. If you go on the Internet and read about Lyme disease and herbs, you'll come across numerous websites that talk about different herbs. And the reality is is that there's a lot of really great herbal protocols out there. Uh, In my book, I really highlight two of them. Uh, I'm a Lyme disease patient myself. I've been through it, and I went through the antibiotic rigamarole, which really didn't help me at all. And I discovered a doctor in New York City named Dr. Zhang, who uh, has a Chinese herbal protocol that really pulled me out of the weeds. And I started using it with a lot of my Lyme patients and had a lot of very good clinical success. So I, I think for the both the acute and the persistent Lyme patients, they can benefit from these herbal therapies. For the persistent Lyme patient, again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's just about killing the bug. What I like about these herbal protocols, though, is that 
it, it focuses on not just eradicating the organism, but also dealing with all the other things that the organism does. So these herbs have anti-inflammatory benefits. They really help improve circulation. And that's important because we know that Lyme can create these what are called immune complexes. And the easiest way to think of it is it's almost like having little crystals floating through your blood. And when those crystals get lodged in the small blood vessels, they can create inflammation. And, you know, immune complexing is well known for a lot of other immune, uh, autoimmune kind of illnesses. So, you know, it's a very similar mechanism. So the herbs can help break up these immune complexes so that the circulation isn't impaired. Plus, they also help boost your natural immune system and, you know, reduce, you know, inflammation. So by encompassing the, the broad nature of what Lyme's doing to the body, you know, we can really start to help people, you know, recover and, you know, get a lot of these symptoms under control. So Dr. Zhang, uh, his protocol involves five different formulas. Uh, I also use a lot of another doctor named Lee Cowden, Dr. Cowden is a cardiologist in Dallas who developed a different herbal protocol, and the herbs that he used are mostly liquids. They're tinctures. So Dr. Zhang's are, are capsules. But Dr. Cowden uh, was using some of these herbs that come from mostly the Amazon, Peru, down in South America. And again, clinically, I find that they're very effective. They can help, you know, reduce the uh, organism, help improve inflammation, and a lot of people like that protocol because they, if, if they're averse to taking a bunch of capsules, and many people I work with are already taking a bunch of supplements and other medication, so the idea of having to take more pills can be a little overwhelming, where the idea of putting some drops in water and drinking it is a little bit more appealing. So uh, I think, you know, the concept is still the same. So I use a lot of Dr. Zhang's protocol. I use a lot of Dr. Cowden's protocol. But there are, again, many, many others. Uh, Stephen Buhner has a great herbal protocol that he's written several books on. Uh, Byron White is an herbalist who also has a very nice protocol. There's another company called Beyond Balance. They have an herbal protocol. So I think, you know, the take-home message is that when you start on any herbal protocol, if you find that you're not getting the results that you and your practitioner want, don't be afraid to try something else. And I've had patients, when they start on one treatment, if it just doesn't seem like we're getting the results we want, we switch them to something else, and then they feel significantly better, you know, for no real rhyme or reason. I think it just speaks to the unique nature of how Lyme affects every individual, and you just have to find the protocol that works for you. So that's something that, you know, you and your practitioner can have that discussion uh, about which protocol might be best to start. Well, that's important, uh, and it's uh, important to work with an open-minded uh, practitioner and one who has the expertise, the the wide. You have a breadth of expertise that makes all the difference in Lyme treatment because as we talk about biochemical individuality, there's just not one treatment that works for everybody, as, as Absolutely. we all know. Yeah. Uh, so what talk specifically about some of the herbs that seem to be the most influential. And I also understand that just as there's a synergism among nutrients and antagonism that we have to appreciate, the same can be true of herbs. And so they don't necessarily stand alone. But I thought it might be nice to mention some of the star players in the herbal. Sure. So uh, in the Dr. Zhang protocol, some of the herbs that I think are really tremendously effective, uh, artemisia, 
is one of the herbs. In, in Chinese medicine, you know, they're almost always used as formulas. So it's combination of herbs versus in Western medicine, we tend to use single herbs by themselves. So Dr. Zhang's are, are formulas, but one of the formulas, the lead herb is artemisia. And there's a component in artemisia called artemisinin. And artemisinin has actually been very well studied as a natural antimicrobial, so very effective against a lot of different infections. But I think it's a really great herb to help kill Lyme. Uh, and it doesn't seem to have the same collateral damage that antibiotics have on the gut. You know, one of the challenges when you're on any antibiotic for any infection is that it's not going to just target the bug that you want to get rid of. It's going to accidentally kill all of your normal flora. And again, we know that that normal flora, particularly in the gut, is very important for maintaining a healthy immune system. So anything we can do to help, you know, go after the bug we don't want without killing the good guys is going to be helpful. So I like the Artemisia formula. There's another formula he has that has an herb that we don't really use in Western medicine. It's used more in Chinese medicine called Hatunia. And Hatunia, again, is a very effective, you know, anti-Lyme herb. So uh, I use a lot of that. In the Dr. Cowden protocol, uh, there's an herb called Cemento. Cemento is actually an herb called Cat's Claw. And Cat's Claw has actually been studied. There's a researcher at the University of New Haven, uh, Dr. Eva Sappi, who's published quite a few articles on studying uh, the Cowden herbs. And they found that, you know, Cemento, again, is very effective at killing Lyme. Uh, that becomes significant because Lyme has the ability, as I mentioned earlier, to go into this dormant phase. It goes into what's called a round body phase. And we believe for many years that when it goes into this state, antibiotics aren't very effective at killing it. What she showed in her research is that the herbs actually can kill Lyme even when it's in this round body phase. So I think that's very encouraging for people who've had persistent Lyme where we're like, well, if it's in this quiet phase, are we really going to be able to get at it? And I think they, she's been able to show that, yes, these herbs can really do that. So there are three herbs, uh, the cemento, which is the cat's claw extract, and there's two other herbs. One's called banderol, one's called kumanda. Both of these come from the bark of trees that are indigenous to the area. And I like that combination because, again, I think it helps you know, get rid of the organism, good anti-inflammatory, also has some analgesic effects, so it helps you know, with controlling pain. And, uh, again, I've, I've used that for many years now uh, quite successfully. Well, excellent. Um, the, I'm glad you talked about the herbs. And, again, let's go into the quality that they're not all the same. And uh, you've mentioned very specific protocols and very specific individuals, but it's difficult for the consumer who may see cemento on the label or artemisia, but it, it may not be the most effective form. Can you talk a little bit about quality? Absolutely. And, you know, the reason I've I also use these companies is, again, I, I trust the quality. I like the fact that they all submit their products for third-party independent testing. You know, herbs have this sort of bad rap that a lot of them can be contaminated with heavy metals and pesticides and things we really don't want. And I think, you know, any good supplement companies doing their due diligence to make sure that what they're putting out on the market is safe and clean, and, and these companies do that. And, for example, the, the Cemento product that is made by Nutramedics out of Florida, uh, it's a very highly concentrated form of cat's claw. And I really haven't found other products that have that same level of concentration and quality. And there's a specific component uh, in uh, 
in cat's claw called TOA that can actually interfere with the uh, the active component. So in this case, they actually remove that so that you get the best efficacy out of the product. So I like you know herbal companies that give us very concentrated forms of the herb. Uh, they do independent third-party testing to ensure the safety. And uh, again, at the end of the day, it's what works clinically with patients and gives us the best results. Yes, thank you for that, because that that is quite a conundrum uh, when consumers are trying to treat themselves, may not know about the companies, may not know right. how to assess it. So I thank you for that information. And I wanted to give your website. Uh, you have uh, Ingalls Family Health, and it's DarrenIngalls.com. If people want to see your site and understand some of the services and your lecture schedule and what you have to offer. So uh, just reminding those that have just tuned in, we are at the end of the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living. And I want you to stay with us. We'll be right back after this brief break with the final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301 535 
800-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back to today's final segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. We're here every Sunday morning, and I just want to remind you to tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Jill Carnahan on mold toxicity and chronic inflammation. Now, today we've been talking about the challenges of treating and diagnosing Lyme disease with our guest, Dr. Darren Ingalls, and I want to remind you of his website. It is DarrenIngallsND.com. Uh, he's a naturopathic doctor, and that's DarrenIngallsND.com. And I think you will find a lot of good information on his website. The Ingalls Family Health is the name of his practice, uh, which I like. So, Dr. Ingalls, let's continue this conversation about Lyme disease, and we've covered the gamut. What would you like to cover in this final segment? Well, I think for people that have Lyme disease, you know, it's uh, it's very easy to get caught up and hyper-focused on just the Lyme. And I think a lot of what contributes to having persistent Lyme are a lot of other factors that are are seemingly unrelated to Lyme disease. For example, most of the people I see with Lyme also have mold problems. They tend to either be mold allergic or they even have mycotoxicity. And what that means is that if you get exposed to certain molds, these molds can produce things called mycotoxins in which you breathe these in. But the mycotoxins can be very damaging to your nervous system and your respiratory tract. So I've seen a lot of people where they get brain fog and fatigue and, you know, the assumption is it's just Lyme related. And then we find out down the line that it's actually they, they're living in a building or they're working in a building that has toxic levels of mold. So I think it's important for people that have been dealing with Lyme to keep looking outside of Lyme disease at other things that are undermining your immune system. You know, allergies undermine your immune system if you're allergic to mold or pollen and food sensitivities or food allergies. Uh, all these things really need to be addressed so that, you know, you're, you're not overlooking what can be undermining your health. And I also think it's really important that people focus on some of the lifestyle factors, sleep probably being the most critical. You know, your body repairs and restores itself when you get good quality sleep. And I hear from many of my Lyme patients that after they got infected, their sleep just completely tanked. And it's either they don't get enough sleep or they have a very poor quality of sleep. And all of that, again, contributes to your body's ability to heal and feel well and have energy. So if you're not getting good quality sleep, that's going to affect your overall health. So you definitely want to work with your practitioner on finding ways to help improve your quality of sleep if you're not sleeping well and, and you know, getting good restful sleep. Well, that is, that, I, that is so important. I call sleep a nutrient. And um, <laughs> yeah. we now know that uh, the, the brain drains itself of toxins during sleep. So right, there's a right. lot more that goes on. And I, I tell patients, I have no alternative for sleep. And yeah. it, it, I remind them that it's a torture. Sleep deprivation is a torture. Oh, and absolutely. It, it, uh, it really changes people dramatically. So thank you for bringing that up. What other pearls do you have? Well, I think, you know, exercise is also an important part of recovery. 
And many people with Lyme have chronic fatigue, and the thought of doing anything physical is just overwhelming. And so I think it's good to, you know, do things that are doable and do things that are simple. And you don't necessarily have to run two miles to get the benefits. It can be something as simple as, you know, sitting on the floor and stretching. It can be doing yoga. It can be doing Tai Chi or Qigong. I think there's a lot of very gentle ways that you can move your body that will work within the the capacity that your body will allow you. But again, it's all about getting your circulation moving, getting your body moving. And it's very easy when you're not feeling well, uh, both physically and I think mentally, to um, sort of cave and to say, you know what, I'm just too tired today. It's not worth it. What difference is it going to make anyway? But it does make a difference. And I find even for myself, you know, when I was going through the, the throes of having a bad neuropathy, uh, I, I did some yoga, and I hate yoga with the passion of a thousand suns, <laughs> but <laughs> by doing it, it really made a difference. And what I like about yoga is that, again, it can be modified to really any fitness level so that, you know, I just went very slow. I didn't even do it the same as the rest of the class and what my body would allow me. But, you know, and 45 minutes later, you know, neuropathy was much better. My mobility was better. So I saw the, the difference immediately. So I think, you know, trying to engage in any kind of physical activity is really going to help improve wellness, get your body moving. And I think it's good just for your mental frame of mind. Um, and I guess my, my last tidbit on that is on that line as well, is that, you know, Lyme disease or any chronic illness is very mentally draining. And your friends and your family kind of get tired of hearing about it. So I think it's good to start reaching out to, whether it's a support group, a therapist, you know, find people that, you know, you can work with and have that safe space to talk about feeling the way you feel. Because I think it's good for your mental well-being to have that outlet that you don't feel like you're burdening your friends and your family, but you can be with someone who's going to help you work through some of that that mental stuff. And I don't think it's just accepting that you're ill. I think it's, you know, helping train you mentally and emotionally how to work through that that process. Well, you've given us a lot of really good ideas. Uh, in the practices I've been in with the neuropathy, we use the active forms of B12 as injections. And yep. it has, I'm, I'm sure you do the same. It, it's, it's been powerful for all kinds of neuropathies. And I, I am still amazed that it has not been picked up by mainstream medicine. And I think because they're used to looking at using a nutrient because you have a deficiency, not a nutrient right. as a therapy, the right. nutritional IVs being therapies. And it's almost so simple. I said to somebody, it is like someone telling you you need an entire new engine for your car when all that's wrong with it is a broken fan belt. Right. And I don't know much about cars, but that sounds like a good <laughs> metaphor to me. And uh, it it is ever so frustrating because uh, I our family lost a friend from diabetic neuropathy because of the pain. Uh, yep. He committed suicide. And he didn't tell us, and none of us knew that he had it. And I was heartbroken that he, that we didn't know. I said, he could be golfing right now, which is, 
uh, everything was taken away from him because of it. Yeah. And it's such a benign treatment. Do you have any other words of wisdom on the nutritional approaches uh, before we sign off? Well, again, there's so many different nutritional approaches. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, these nutritional therapies are not in, in line of, you know, someone who has a deficiency in that nutrient. You know, these can have therapeutic value. So you definitely want to work with a naturopathic or functional medicine doctor who really understands how these nutrients can be used therape- therapeutically. And I, I talk a lot about it in my book on various, you know, how to get over neuropathy, how to get over chronic fatigue using nutritional therapy. And there's a lot of research on how these therapies work. And the nice thing is, by and large, most of these are very safe, non-toxic therapies that, that can be used at any age level. It just has, the dose may have to be modified, you know, for the individual. But uh, definitely, you know, get uh, in touch with a, a practitioner who really understands how to use these very, very powerful therapies. Yes. Uh, and if one is told, as we often are, I had a doctor within the last month say, well, you know, there's no science behind nutritional uh, treatments. And I, I said, what you're actually saying is that you're ignorant of well, that's the somebody science. somebody who doesn't read. <laughs> that is. My, uh, my nutrition <laughs> teacher was Dr. Alan Gaby, and he uh, wrote a medical textbook called Nutritional Medicine, and there's over 20,000 references in that book on <laughs> nutritional science. So uh, all someone needs to do is go online and pick up a, a nutritional textbook, and you'll see there's actually a lot of science behind a lot of what we're doing. There is, and that's a mistake that mainstream medicine has, but it's not part of their medical education, and so... Right. Uh, we understand why that happens. Well, thank you, Dr. Ingalls. This has been an excellent show. We appreciate all of what you shared with us and hope to have you back again. Great. Thank you so much, Danny. I appreciate being here. Okay. And to our listeners, I want to remind you about Dr. Joseph Pizzorno's new book, The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air, Water, Food, and Products We Use Are Destroying Our Health and What We Can Do to Fix It. We had an interview with Dr. Pizzorno, and just a reminder that you can go to myvillagegreen.com and download any of the radio shows of interest, and they give you the list there, and Pizzorno's show, as is this show, will be on the site. Uh, and I want to remind you that his the book is... Uh, available for pre-order, thetoxinsolution.com, thetoxinsolution.com. And leading health experts have given strong endorsements, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. James Gordon, Jeffrey Bland, Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. Michael Murray, and J.J. Virgin. So this book is really something to read. And I want to thank you listeners for joining us on The Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM. Please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take, it's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake in Village Green, wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. 
Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. 